Tunisia December inflation rate hits a 38-year high. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business. In Africa, I am with the Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at the Dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC. INM Bank Rwanda, we are on your side. The African Continental Free Trade Area Agreement could boost income in Africa by $430 billion by 2035. 30 million people will also be potentially lifted out of poverty. This will, however, require hastening of processes and harmonization of policies to deliver the benefits of the agreement. Antoine Kajangwe, Director General Trade and Investment at the Ministry of Trade, and industry in Rwanda joins us for this episode. How can the African Continental Free Trade Area Agreement be used to address energy gaps in Africa, especially the issue of fossil fuel? Africa is uh, one of the largest uh, exporters of raw materials, uh, including fossil fuels such as uh, oil, gas, uh, coal, uh, especially in Southern Africa, uh, and a lot of other raw materials um, uh, that, that are critical for heavy industry, uh, such as coltan, cobalt, and various other uh, fossil fuels of, of this sort. So there's huge potential for Africa to tap into uh, its rich natural resources and add value to this. Currently, um, as, as you're well aware, a lot of our fossil fuels are exported in raw form with very minimal value addition being done to them. And you hear of crude oil being sent from Angola or Nigeria or Gabon or uh, Congo Brazza and, and elsewhere with hardly any refinery of these materials on the continent. So I think the AFCFTA is going to allow us to start looking inwards into how do we add value to these very rich uh, mineral resources. And what the FCFTA, I think, does uh, in the first place is, one, ensuring that there's, of course, an accessible market that is there to be able to consume these resources. But that in itself is not enough. Um, but the market provides access then to uh, investment because it, it makes it a more viable long-term investment that uh, capital can get behind. Um, and I think we'll start to see a lot of value addition uh, or a lot of capital going into value addition of industries and uh, various uh, raw materials. So whether that's turning uh, crude oil into petroleum products that can be uh, sold on the continent or uh, turning raw materials such as copper, lithium, manganese, uh, platinum, and many of the other minerals into products that can now be traded on the continent and, and which can go and add even more value to other sectors as well. So I think we'll start to see a lot of that down the line. And what are some of the hurdles in realizing the full potential of the Africa Continental Free Trade Area Agreement? So the FCFTA offers a lot of opportunities to really industrialize the African continent uh, to ensure that we can have structural transformation of our economies and general economic development that leads to uh, social development of communities across Africa. But this requires that we implement the agreement as it's set out to be. And that, I think, is the first challenge and hurdle that we are going to face, is ensuring that all countries can implement the agreement. And this means putting in 
into implementation what countries have committed to do. And so that is dismantling tariffs, that is putting in place commitments uh, in services sectors, that means removing non-tariff barriers, that means uh, facilitating trade by providing more trade facilitation uh, mechanisms that simplify and harmonize how we're able to trade across the continent. The agreement, as has been drafted, negotiated, and now supposed to be put in place, addresses all of those very critical elements. How they will be implemented by member states is going to be critical for the success in Africa, uh, realizing the full potential of the AFCFTA. That's the first, I think, challenge that we're going, we're going to face. Um, and, and part of this is challenging in the sense that some countries will face implementation hurdles because of their level of economic development, because they face challenges with regards to administration or with regards to putting in place the right legal frameworks to be able to implement. So it might take a little bit longer. Other countries could do it because their policies um, uh, just will need some time to catch up with, with the new realization. So there's various reasons as to why implementation could be slow on a country by country basis. Actually, if you recall the recent uh, guided trade initiative that was launched in October, saw seven, eight, countries begin to implement the AFCFTA by, by trading. And this was an, in a sense of actually saying, now that all of the protocols and agreements are in place, how do we fast track implementation for those countries that are ready and willing to go ahead? And of course, Rwanda was, was amongst one of those uh, seven countries. We sent uh, a number of, of products to, to Ghana um, as, as part of that initial pilot, and we're continuing to send, to send even more. But how we then bring on board even more countries to start realizing that we can start to trade, we can start to implement the agreement is going to be critical. Another potential hurdle is going to be trade disputes. Of course, as you can understand, an agreement of this scale is going to require countries to liberalize their economies and open them up to regional competition. Some countries may not feel that they're ready to do that, and this might lead to trade disputes. Now, the agreement puts in place a dispute settlement mechanism to address trade disputes modeled to the agreement of or modeled to the WTO dispute settlement mechanism. A mechanism like this is not bad in itself, uh, and I think will it help to address a lot of the issues um, that, that, that come from implementation. Um, but ensuring that it doesn't devolve into political conflicts and that they can remain as economic trade disputes is going to be important. And that's going to be what in a sense, separates between the success of this agreement and this devolving into something that is uh, political and, and that could affect how well countries um, can, can keep the, the economic priorities of the AFCFTA. Another potential hurdle is how well the private sector can be engaged and how well the private sector can actually come to grasp of the opportunities and risks of the AFCFTA. Uh, and the sooner the private sector is able to now take ownership of this agreement, the better it is for the agreement's survival. These first few years are going to be critically important for the success of the AFCFTA and the private sector um, it needs to take more ownership and, and more onus of how well uh, this agreement has been formulated and where they can take uh, full advantage of, of the agreement.
Finally, one of the biggest hurdles I foresee is how do we simplify, harmonize standards, customs procedures, trade facilitation measures in the implementation, right? Because you can remove tariffs, you can remove non-tariff barriers, but if it's still difficult to transport goods from Rwanda to Ghana or Gabon to Cameroon or Egypt to South Africa because of limited uh, trade facilitation mechanisms uh, or even trade logistics corridors, then it becomes difficult uh, for the success of the agreement. So we have to also start to think about investments in logistics facilities, logistics corridors, but also the soft legal infrastructure. Um, that supports that, uh, whether those are digital tools that, that can facilitate uh, trading or uh, even the legal, implementing the legal um, uh, provisions of the agreement that, that supports trade facilitation. A quick look at the other stories making it into the podcast. The annual inflation rate in Tunisia soared for the 15th straight month to 10.1% in December of 2022 from 9.8% in November, reaching the highest point since December of 1984. Upward pressure came mostly from prices of food and non-alcoholic beverages, transportation, furnishings and household equipment, miscellaneous goods and services, and restaurants and hotels. On a monthly basis, consumer prices were up by 0.7%, after increasing by 0.6% in the prime month. The S&P Global Ghana PMI rose to 47 in December of 2022 from 44.9 in the prime month. Output fell for the 12th month running, although to the least extent since August, while new orders declined for the 10th consecutive month. Meanwhile, employment stabilized, leading to a solid increase in staff costs, while backlog of work were markedly down again. In addition, both purchasing activity and inventory holdings decrease amid falling workloads and high prices. Furthermore, the appreciation of the Ghanaian city against the US dollar reversed some of the upward pressure caused by currency weakness. On prices, inflation slowed rapidly compared to the previous month, albeit a sharp increase in purchase costs. Looking ahead, optimism rose sharply and was at the highest level since April, linked to positive expectations on output in 2023. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial and you can find me at the Finance.